Suicide, a podcast for the Scottish Mental Health Arts Festival and Mental Health Awareness Week. Episode 1, Body Talk. I'm Nina Abisoria, and in this podcast, I had the pleasure of chatting with Tamar. She's a belly dance teacher in Edinburgh. She joined me and my dog Toby on my sofa to share some time, some tea and some cake and our experience towards some body acceptance. We hadn't met before, so thanks Tamar for your honesty, your interest, your patience and enthusiasm. I just wanted to delve right in. It wasn't just about the moves or the dance. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I, I feel if I've had a bad day or my negative thoughts are coming or anything that's bad that's happened, mm-hmm. I, after I've had a session of a class or a dance, I, that's all forgotten about. Mm-hmm. All of it. It's really therapeutic. So you feel like you can disconnect? Um, I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. But you can go into your body rather than being in your mind. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's something you learned way ago. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Well, I was just growing up with it. I just it's all, it was always a thing that made allowed me to escape mm-hmm. and I could focus on that particular dance or what I was doing or the move or because mm-hmm. you get so in, it's quite intense because mm-hmm. you're thinking about it and especially when you're teaching and I see the students and how I was and you, you see the concentration on their face it's just beautiful and it's mm-hmm. lovely um, yeah I just even I, I actually said to one of my students when I uh, went into Santosa where I teach I just as soon as I walk in it's just like everything's left outside the door mm-hmm. it's a lovely feeling yeah yeah so like I have a confession (laughs) um I have always been quite like I wouldn't say negative about belly dancing but I've definitely been kind of no I'm not going to do that and I think it's because I growing up as like British Asian I've had like this particular kind of man that's probably made comments Mm. about you can dance for me that mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah. so it being about that sort of stereotype and it's it's through the lens of an uneducated kind of viewpoint of it um and I guess when I was younger and when you're going through puberty and the idea of exposing your belly and the idea that that is what you have to do and that's the stereotype of what belly dance looks like isn't it mm-hmm. that you have to show your your physical body to do it mm-hmm. um so I have actually had three or four people say to me, oh, you'd love belly dancing. Why don't you try it? And I've always gone, no. And I've danced loads of different dances mm-hmm. and I've danced uncomfortably in, in a lot of ways. I don't think I'm probably in a place that you are with being able to dance without being conscious of how I might look, whether the mirror's there, whether I'm really uncomfortable in the class. I love to dance as well. So okay. it's kind of like... I know what you're saying about the freedom of the movement, but um, how would you address that if I came to your class? What would you? How would you be able to deal with that? Do you think? Well, well, is that something you're aware of? Oh, your, absolutely, yeah. Your students, yeah, absolutely. Whilst you're saying all that, I had, I had so many points to make. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
there is like a stigma to it and people think it's kind of like a lap dance yeah like a sexual kind yeah of. it's not it's not that is only kind of Egyptian cabaret yeah. With in the restaurants and things, I've I've done I've danced in many restaurants and it's a bit of a weird one. Yeah, <laughs> I think it depends. I think if the crowd really want to see it, then they really enjoy it. But I've seen people not enjoying it. It's weird. Mm. It's very. It makes you feel uncomfortable, and especially as a woman, if there's women looking at you, kind of judging you. If you know there's a belly dancer in a restaurant and you don't want them, you don't want it. Don't go. Yeah. If you're not going to enjoy it, but um. You don't need to show your belly to be a belly dancer. Mm -hmm. It's all about expression and movement and flow. And um, originally, it wasn't for making money or anything like that. It was it was for women to prepare them for pregnancy, really, and to give birth. Okay. And it was danced for women only for women, and because it was such a well, it still is a segregated society a lot of the Muslim countries and Asian countries and the men would drum in another room mm -hmm. and the women would dance in another so it wasn't for the audience no definitely well it was a ritual for the women that was giving birth or the girl that was coming into womanhood or still now it's used in weddings mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing it's not to make money only <laughs> People, women only started to make money from it because they were desperate. It's the only way they could make money because they had to flee their homes, whether it be war or poverty or hunger. Um, they just made money on the streets or in uh, harems or places like that because they were desperate. They didn't know how else to make their money or they'd lost their, their man and they couldn't make money anywhere, anywhere else, you know. It's quite um, frustrating to think that it came from such a beautiful thing into a money-making thing. But that's mm -hmm. kind of, you could say that about a lot of things like yeah. prostitution was the first ever business. Mm -hmm. Then you could say about dance, anything to do, it's kind of linked. So maybe that's why people have that thing in their head, you know. Yeah. People that were in harems were dancers and they were prostitutes. But mm -hmm. it wasn't always the case. A lot of them had quite a status if they were was dancing for a prince or government body or something like that, you know? In society, they've been viewed very differently over the years. It's, mm -hmm. The history and anthropology behind belly dancing is absolutely fascinating. Mm -hmm. If you start delving in, there's so yeah. much. And whilst you were saying what you were saying, I, I wanted to see so much, and yeah. there's so much to see. <laughs> you can talk over me. <laughs> <laughs> it only became the two-piece when it came to... Uh, well, the, the pilgrimage went right through Spain and India and all everywhere. That's why it's all mixed. Um, when it came to the West, it became a two-piece when it came, went to um, America. Mm -hmm. in Cali uh, where was it now? Little Egypt was, I think, in California. And uh, what was her name? I should have written this down. I'm terrible with remembering. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully no one's going to test us. <laughs> you can delete yeah. that bit out. <laughs> yeah, it was Little Egypt. Um, it wasn't, it was quite, it's quite young in the Western society. And that's when it became a two-piece, two like to show off your belly because it was more seductive or uh -huh. out there because nobody really did it at the time, you know. Um, yeah. 
apparently the, the the word gypsy comes from the outcasts of Egypt when the dancers were trying to become part of the society, but the Egyptians looked down on their nose at them. Even now in Cairo, if, as a local woman, you're not allowed to dance for money or anything like that. So, so going back to your class, if I was to come, <laughs> if I got past my taboo and issues, <laughs> um, you wouldn't. There wouldn't be an expectation that you show your belly. No, no, not if you're not comfortable with it. You see a lot of women that just don't. Mm-hmm. They just don't. I mean, the one of the only things that you wouldn't be able to see is the flutter. Mm-hmm. But you can see that through chiffon or mm-hmm. it doesn't. There's Explain a lot. What the flutter is that? Is that like a moves? like a you're you're doing a shimmy with your belly? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. A lot of the. For example, the ATS, the American tribal style, a lot of the women just don't show their belly. And a lot of the old um, traditional or Persian or a lot of a lot of women just don't. It's only, for example, like I said, the Egyptian cavity or if you want to show your belly, then mm. do. Then if you don't, don't. That's it. So have you seen a progression of the women that have come... I presume, is it, is it all women or do men come to your class so, as well? Um, I've not, I'm I've been in a class, I've been in a class uh-huh. with a man and there's a, there are a few male belly dancers. Mm-hmm. Mm. There, are, there are, there's a famous one, Jan Elan, that dances with Rachel Bryce. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But have you seen it, like a confidence grow from the women in your group? Definitely. Definitely. I could, yeah. And it, because it's, uh, you can make such a strong friendship through dance because it's mm-hmm. a different friendship. There's a there's a, a different connection there. I think when I, for me when I went to class, I it completely changed my life. And I thought that was one of the reasons that I wanted to teach. If I, if someone can do that for me, then I want to do that for them. Mm-hmm. At least if I, if one person. That would make a difference, you know, because I didn't have much, I didn't have really have much body confidence okay. before I did it. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. To me, if what you're admitting to me right now feels like you're very confident in your body. Yeah. And is that how you feel right now, or is that um, is that something that's changed? Did, can you think of a time when you weren't? Well, yeah. At school, it was I was had everything that a teenager probably wouldn't want. Was that everything? Like, <laughs> I was tall, lanky, like just puberty things going on, and glasses, braces, everything, bad skin, just everything that a, a teenager wouldn't want. Going through all that, and everybody at my school was bullied, including me. It was terrible. Wow. It was a really, really, really bad place to be as a teenager. And I had friends and things, but it was just on a daily basis. It was a battle. And when you're going to school, you think, what, is it me? Or is, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's going to happen after this? How am I going to feel about myself going into mm-hmm. uni or a job? or? And then I think it was about 21 or 22 when I was actually at uni. Still feeling the way I was. The confidence level was still really quite low. And... I discovered belly dance. I was introduced it to me, and 
it totally changed the way the way that I felt about myself and how I saw the world and how I knew they saw me but if if anybody said anything I, I could say well I can do this mm-hmm. and you can't and this is for me and me only and it made a, it made a difference to how I felt absolutely mm-hmm. yeah can you remember what it was like at school are you still really connected to those because <laughs> yeah. unfortunately those kind of things that happen to us do get set in our heads don't mm-hmm. they those yeah. kind of messages that we get in when we're younger are really hard to kind of sort through and to know whether that's how we see ourselves or how that's we're being how we're being seen and sadly that forms our own belief about ourselves mm. Um, do you think that you're able to know the difference now? Are you able to like say to yourself that's you know past stuff, or mm. do you still have to question it and fight it? Oh, sometimes it's still there. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think it ever really leaves you. Mm-hmm. My fr- my friends, um, I'm not mentioning her name, place her. She well, two of them actually. We all went through the same kind of thing, and sometimes. Um, she said to me, sometimes when I'm doing my makeup, I'll think about something horrible that someone said mm. in, my, in school. Now, yeah. even now, in our age, you know, it's just crazy. It, it does stick with you. It comes and you, back in a flash. Yep. It's amazing. Yeah, it really does. It. Yeah. Why yeah. would you want to do that to yourself? Mm-hmm. Is what a question. And then I start, qu- so that once that trail of thought comes into your head, then you've got to <laughs> talk with yourself to not think about that but you're thinking about it anyway mm-hmm. it's a bit of a mind mess up really yeah but I think it's really important what you're saying that you have got to talk to yourself it's like trying to work out I think that's where I get have got stuck over the years is not knowing whose voice it is that I'm hearing mm. or not knowing if that's really how I feel about myself because if I really felt the disgust that I felt about myself in the past or shame that comes with feeling unattractive unacceptable different all the things that come from being because I had a similar experience to you like okay. being the different one yeah in the small village okay and it's not about reliving that every time but it's trying to work out you know if is that really how I see why am I seeing myself like that when I don't see the world like that mm. I don't line up my female friends or <coughs> male female friends and order them in in attractiveness yet I feel that's what happens to me mm. and it used to feel like it was on a daily basis I've got on top of it enough but I guess it's still the same um I guess as women we are objectified we are given a kind of message all the time that we're being assessed that we are mm-hmm. Yeah, and women to women do it as well. It's not just absolutely out there yeah. from. I mean, yeah. Um, would you say that your relationship or your your self talk with yourself now is more positive than negative mm. through dance or yeah, through just dance? Through yeah, growing absolutely, up, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I have my moments to be honest, yeah. but everybody does like yourself, yeah. you know. Um, through dance, yeah, absolutely. There's still that underlying thing that I need to get over, and if I'm being quite honest, and I am doing everything that I can to get over that, mm-hmm. and just having the confidence to think, actually, I'm probably quite good, and if I just keep pushing myself, I can get even better and better and put myself out there more. 
because I moved away for <coughs> excuse me for a job and it didn't work out and I feel like I'm kind of starting again uh-huh. with the class and with everything basically is that your confidence as a teacher or um, just general not as a teacher because I absolutely love it and perhaps yeah. in the first instance it took me a wee bit to think actually I've done this before and people liked it people want me to do it so let's just do it it's a case of uh, getting down with the kids and making videos. Yeah. Because I'm, qu- <laughs> <laughs> I'm, per- I'm quite a private person. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to dancing, if I do a performance, I kind of almost become someone else. I, sometimes when I'm dancing alone, I feel like another woman's taken over my body. It's an absolute amazing feeling. And I think that when you perform, you are that persona or you're still yourself, but you're you're performing mm-hmm. and to make a video I think it's a quite a private thing mm-hmm. and I think I need to get over that because it's not it's going to it's going to be on social media or, yeah. you know it's it's a very different world so when I when I started dancing there wasn't even internet when I started to go to class there was yeah. cds that you passed around the class you know and yeah. musicians so it's a very very different world from my age <laughs> <laughs> No one can see us. That's the joy Yay! of the podcast. <laughs> I got totally dolled up for it as well. Yeah. <laughs> I can take some photos and we'll, we'll show them. <laughs> um, so what do you think that you're afraid of about being seen in the video? I like, don't know. Am I good enough? Uh, you know, uh, are people judging me? Like you see, mm-hmm. you know, you've got that underlying thing. Um, and I think the student, my students just now are so encouraging and so into it. Like it's so mm-hmm. lovely to see. And they're like, oh, yeah, no. And I'm like, wait, just do it because we want to see, like, the move and things. And when they so, see me dance, the, like, they're waiting on the next move and or they're waiting on my, my next word. And it's, I feel quite overwhelmed by it because mm-hmm. there's people that are actually on the other side of me wanting to learn what I know coming from the, the, the background that I have. It's, it's a very powerful mm-hmm. kind of humbling place to be at the moment sounds really beautiful yeah it is it really is yeah um I don't know are you afraid of it kind of getting in the way if you have to see it it gets in the way of the freedom that you have from it because I it's not that recent but last year I did a tap dancing class okay and tap isn't the easiest thing to do no in a sense of free dance it's well it's so far away from that it's very structured it's very on time it's very in the head actually which I found really hard Mm. because you know you want to go and get some stress out and enjoy the movement of your body but with tap dancing you're thinking where's my foot going now Mm. but it's in dance space so the mirrors are massive Mm. and I I think it took me six seven weeks to deal with myself Mm. to be able to go right I'm here to dance I'm not here to look at myself in the mirror and judge myself and go okay like and then get worried about what I should wear to dance and what I should like how it's not even about the movement Mm. it's just about being like I don't look like a dancer perhaps so I don't know if I should be doing this and it's that kind of and sadly, quite a lot of dance studios have those big mirrors. And I know why, because obviously it's technical and mm. there is some 
beauty of when you're free to see that mm. but it's very extreme when you first go there for Absolutely, the first time yeah. yeah like yeah so I don't know if there's a bit of that about seeing yourself back I don't know yeah definitely and I think we don't have a a, a wall of mirrors at the moment and I'm quite happy with that because not everybody's mm. comfortable with that like you see not everybody wants to see what they're doing they're just mm -hmm. there to enjoy themselves mm -hmm. and they might not be able to do a particular move it doesn't matter mm-hmm it's quite hard sometimes to take on a move and watch yourself doing it wrong mm -hmm. when you're already judging yourself. Like you, all yeah. the things that you've just said, am I wearing the right thing? You know, if you've had a bad day, it all it's all affects your brain and how you, you react to that kind of thing. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where were you brought up? Um, I was actually brought up in the Lake District okay. in England. Um, in a very small village. Okay. Um, we were the only brown family. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like you, I went through puberty, overweight. Okay. Brown and overweight oh, is kind of like the, you know, I don't know. I think, I think I felt quite like a novelty for most of my life. And then so sometimes it's really positive because you're, you know, the exotic friend. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or, or you're kind of but you're very self-aware mm. and I think that level of self-awareness if it starts really early and you're not comfortable in your own skin or you don't have like now I think you know if I was a teenager now I would be frightened of battling the Instagram and Gosh, all of yeah. the things that you, they have to deal with but at the same time I think I'd have more people to reach to to help me deal with going through that um you know I watch a lot of YouTube <laughs> and I watch people who are about body confidence and body acceptance and who are there just talking about how they feel but also just you know they're all there and nobody's achieved it I don't think there's anyone that could say that they they've got there mm -hmm. but um yeah, I think it probably, I would be able to relate to more things, I think. Fair uh, enough. Now. A lot more know. information or support kind yeah. of thing. Well, I would hope so. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, but I know I felt very isolated and very, and then it made me, um, I think that sadly, when that happens to you, you end up putting that back on yourself. And then that cycle of, of self-hatred and self-assessment and self-consciousness like gets bigger and mm -hmm. bigger um yeah and I think it stays with you there's still like I'm still aware of looking different and I mean I don't even know how different I look but mm. I I'm always very aware of it yeah um like for example I've just started running with my dog and I have to get up really early to run at seven in the morning because I don't want anyone to see me. Oh, bless. <laughs> how ridiculous, too. Anyway, how you ridiculous. Say, that's when, quite a big confession that'll probably get edited. <laughs> but, like, like, that's how I feel sometimes. Yeah. But seeing in it from someone else, it's like, why, why do we do it to ourselves? Because yeah. you've got nothing me, to hide. Like, why, why am I doing this? Like, like, first of all, running is quite a normal activity so that's the first like trying to sort of think from the other side of the box rather than this like ridiculous theory that I have and I don't even know if I believe my theory that it it matters whether I'm seen but it's this feeling of like somebody's either gonna think that 
I shouldn't be doing it. It's funny because the other morning I was running and um, this other runner ran past and said hi. And I was like, no, you can't see me. <laughs> like, how early do I have to get up? Oh, please. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I think there's so much. I think we end up looking out of ourselves so often <clears throat> because we have so much coming in at us. If we've been bullied, if we've been scrutinised. You know, I don't even think you need to be bullied to develop a sense of negative body self-image. No. I think there's, we're taught, unfortunately, to look outside of ourselves in most things, but especially in our appearance and mm -hmm. where we're supposed to fit. And I guess as you go through puberty and you're growing up, you want to find people that you can fit with or a tribe or a sense of belonging and if you don't find that at that point mm. I think you always feel like there's something wrong with you yeah. or there's something that you stand out from mm -hmm. or you know and sadly weight <coughs> seems to be the thing that falls for women and the unacceptable kind of sense of not looking like this beauty standard which is being fought out there right now with people who are trying to readdress how the fashion industry how marketing media portray women and men but there's still <laughs> it's still got a long way to go absolutely um, yeah. i'll show you this photo actually if i can get my computer sure to it's funny how you said the tribe thing um yeah. when i went to class that's how it felt I, I felt that there was a lot of women that had their own issues when i first went to class yeah and because we dance together you do create a bond and it is you do become a tribe you become a womanhood. And I remember a girl, a Spanish girl, she was coming to class and hopefully, hopefully she'll come back after her studies. Uh, she emailed and said, I really miss being around women, women's mm -hmm. company and a womanhood. And I said, well, hello, come along. You know, that's exactly what it's about as well, just to be comfortable and not have any qualms and just not be judged mm -hmm. by other women because women are very judgmental oh and very God, yeah. can be very jealous creatures. I've experienced that on both mm. ends uh -huh. through my life. And, you know, when you've met a good friend, when they can say, oh, you look good or, you know, your, your, your outfit looks lovely or, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And actually be genuine about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, It's a nice feeling. Yeah. I think that's probably part of the dance thing. It's mm -hmm. a tribe section, the feeling that you belong to something. Yeah. And it's really important. But sadly, like, we have to... In go out into the world where everybody doesn't have that attitude sometimes yeah and yeah it's true that comparison that we do with ourselves and others or we're trained to do I don't know I don't know why we do try we not to do it no why <laughs> do we do that why do we care what other people think yeah so much it's I like just, embedded into us it's crazy I was going to show you this photo because sure. this I saw so on my good. Facebook the other day and um hopefully um, I'll be able to get it so everyone who's listening to us can see the photo that we're talking about. But I'll just describe it. It's four women and um, they're all different body sizes, mm. aren't they? Mm -hmm. um, they've all got a T-shirt on that says mother and they're showing their belly area. Mm -hmm. And it was about stretch marks and it was on a 
website um, called Unify, which is about world peace and is about positive news stories that comes through. And I liked it on Facebook, so it, it shows positive things, mm -hmm. which is a good idea to do, actually. <laughs> to, yeah, um, absolutely. But what alarmed me about this <clears throat> photograph, um, well, first of all, tell me what you think of it when you're looking at it. Just think it's quite empowering, really. Mm hmm having a baby can do a lot of different things to your body definitely <laughs> um so for me I felt the same I just yeah. thought it was a beautiful photo it's really genuine it's not very staged no they look really natural um happy although there's some vulnerability well, there's a lot of vulnerability in it yeah and there's a lot of nervousness perhaps in it um they're all different shapes and sizes there's nobody that looks necessarily I don't even know where to begin. I don't want to pick on anyone's shape or size. <laughs> but um, the only reason why I'm saying that is I went down into the comments like you do when you see a photo yeah. and you regret it because you get like knee deep in them. So most of the comments were from people saying what a beautiful photograph, like the mother is the most beautiful body. Mm. Um, everybody's got different shape and the stretch marks. But then the thread started to change as I got through it. Mm -hmm. And there was a male, sadly it was from a man, um, who stated um, good luck to them or well done to them for showing their bellies. But for me, I prefer to be, I am attracted to and prefer a woman that's more acceptable. And it really what? stuck in my head. What does that even mean? Exactly. What does acceptable mean? And it may, and I think that's what's like been in my head this week. Yeah. I've just been walking around like, what, what is acceptable? Like that's crazy. You know, that's so weird because I was going to say, you know, I've actually started to go boxing mm -hmm. because I am aware of my upper arms as a woman, okay. and when I'm dancing, I like it sounds crazy. I'd, I know it doesn't wobble around, and that bit underneath wobbles around on anybody mm -hmm. unless you're totally super toned and I want I want to be toned and like but do you want uh, to be toned because you want to feel strong and empowered yeah do you want I to do. be toned so some man or some woman doesn't say you wobble well and it's I think confusing it's just, to yeah, know which one absolutely wants. yeah <laughs> like, and you know it's funny thing when I went to that halfa and when I go to so many different halfas women of all ages all sizes dance and they look so elegant and you mm -hmm. just that whole the whole body just goes out the window because mm -hmm. it's the atmosphere that's created and it's the moves that you look at and the woman and how much she's enjoying herself all of the rest of it goes out the window mm -hmm. so yeah no you're right I think for me I want to feel more powerful mm -hmm. and I feel if I've got more upper body strength, strength mm -hmm. then I will and I, since doing since actually going to class I do genuinely feel stronger and I feel like I could take on more mm -hmm. in my mind because Maybe I'm stronger. Take on that man in those threads. <laughs> yeah. um, Quite possibly, just, yeah. For me, going back to what he said, um, it's kind of like, I think that's one of the crux of it is those women are not in that photograph to be attractive to anyone. Mm. That's not, mm. and I think that's what it comes down to is like, why is <clears throat> our bodies on show for somebody else? Why is it that we want... To, I mean, I don't want to always be attractive mm, <laughs> to somebody, yeah, yeah. you know. And that that's yeah. what it feels like. They're trying to have to prove that it's okay to have a stretch mark and it's okay to have a floppy belly after, of course. Like, yeah, you've just given birth. But then you have it confirmed from somebody who wants to 
make a comment that, yeah, you know, even though it's okay to do this, you're still not acceptable. No, I know. Do you think that, I mean, people that have comments like that obviously have issues with themselves, so... Is it them that have to have a word with themselves and Definitely. leave everybody else alone? Definitely, but I just think that there's too much acceptance in making comments like that. Yeah. Or even, has he been brought up, socialised, to think that he's allowed to comment, that women are just there to be attractive or yeah. not attractive, and that he walks around with a <clears throat> categorising sense of, like, she's attractive, she's not attractive. <laughs> and sometimes that's what I feel Probably, like yeah. is happening to me. Yeah. And... That's stupid <laughs> that I've yeah. got that far into that yeah, kind of crazy. mindset. But also on the thread were um, several people that started a debate about obesity and how photographs like this encourage it, which I just think is also an insane perspective mm. that an empowering photograph of women who've had children encourages an unhealthy lifestyle and that <laughs> disconnect for me is wow. a really frustrating yeah. thing that you see yeah. in the media all the time that a woman who isn't the beauty standard can't show a photograph of themselves without it going into a debate about obesity mm. and do we always have to go there like no no it's just it's just one thread it's quite it's quite boring yeah and mm. I just was really surprised that it ended up on there. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, the, yeah like you say, it's, uh, these people would have had to have liked that kind of page mm-hmm. to be on it. Yeah. Having body issues doesn't discriminate. No one's size, shape, race, or gender is immune from this conflicting relationship we have with our bodies. All too often, we're trained to self-objectify, compare, contrast, give ourselves a sense of self-worth that's based on our outer layers. Me and my body, well, our relationship, (laughs) could only be described, I suppose, if a friend was to say it'd be a bad one. They'd be advising me to end it, move on, find someone new who treats me better. But our bodies can't be exchanged, moved on from like that. We have to stay and we have to learn to compromise. I've had feelings of disgust, anguish, sometimes anxiety. I've avoided people, places, events because of this internal battle of being unacceptable, freakish, uncomfortable in my own skin. I've had this reinforced in the past and countered. I've been told I'm beautiful and that I look like a house side. (laughs) Thanks, Nan. So when you're always needing feedback to feel good, it gets harder to know who to believe. This podcast, Being on the Inside, is about trying to find the inner truth, the part of you that always has your back and knows you're always more than how you look or someone's gaze upon you or an unattainable beauty standard. I know I haven't reached a place of body confidence yet, but in a brilliant TED Talk by Lindsay Kite in 2017, she talks about finding body resilience, not just confidence or acceptance. She talks about a study in which she uncovers how negative body image doesn't just impact our physical and mental health, it impacts our performance. She talks about redefining a perception of body resilience through a mantra. My body is an instrument, not an ornament. Body image resilience isn't something we're born with, though. It's something we're pushed into through our own shame, experiences, 
disruptions in our bodies, development, bullying, illness, even having a baby. I know though that I've started to focus on how my body works, how it feels when it's doing something, how it dances, how it runs, how it's free. But there's a narrative that exists out there that isn't just within me. It's in our media, our advertising, our conditioning, that smaller is better. This needs to be redefined. In a really beautiful um, interview I saw with Sam Smith recently, he describes his body confidence journey and how he feels about it and his journey to self-love and it not being a final destination. He talks about how it takes him work every single day and that you have to do the work. Some acceptance that working on your view of your body and spending some time to getting to know it positively is a journey in itself and it doesn't have a final destination to arrive at. So for now, for me, it's a daily commute, one that needs a big pair of headphones to block out the incoming noises, a large coffee in a comfy seat. Some days I miss may miss that train, but for now, I'll be setting my alarm early to miss the crowds. Mm-hmm.